in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. The readings of today are about suffering in this world, especially suffering for the name of Christ. When actually we are persecuted for the name of Christ. And how we should actually accept this suffering or persecution, how we become strong in accepting this suffering or persecution. Because suffering is not something good or anyone enjoys to suffer. Definitely suffering is painful, hurtful, especially when it is unfair to suffer not only the physical pain but also the emotional and the psychological pain will be severe. St. Paul in Romans chapter 8, which is the Pauline letter of today, he addressed this point. So he said, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. The first point, he told us, when you suffer in this world, don't focus on suffering but focus on the glory that will be revealed to us. If we focus on the glory, it will be easy to go through this suffering. Like for example, the parable that our Lord Jesus Christ gave to us about the woman in labor. The woman in labor, definitely she suffers. She goes through pain. But why she endures this pain? because of the joy that she will have a child in the world. So focusing on the joy of having a child makes it easy to accept this pain and this suffering. In the same way, focusing on the glory to come and the glory in the eternal life makes it easy to endure suffering here on earth for the name of Christ. And St. Paul was very clear. He said, there is no comparison. The suffering of this present time is not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. So he's saying there is no comparison between the suffering and the glory. The suffering is like one second, but the glory that we receive is eternal. Then St. Paul said, for the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. Meaning what? Even this creation, this creation also is looking forward for our glory. St. Paul called it the revealing of the sons of God. What does it mean, the revealing of the sons of God? All of us, we call ourselves children of God. But some of us are true children of God. And unfortunately, some of us are children of God just by name. Not truly are children of God. Then, in the last day, when the bridegroom, our Lord Jesus Christ, will be united with his bride, and the bride 
are those who are truly children of God, not just those who are children of God by name. So this bride, the true children of God, will be united with the bridegroom. This is the wedding that we are looking forward to. When we are united, completely united with the Son in this wedding of the Lamb of God, then because the Son is the Son of God, those who are united with Him will be the children of God. So the children of God, the true children of God will be revealed. When? In the second coming of Christ. That is the revelation of who are the true children of God and who are the false children of God. Those who are called children of God only by name. So the whole creation are expecting earnestly the revelation of the children of God. As St. Paul said, for the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. Why? Why the whole creation? Why earth and heaven are waiting? That is the eager expectation of the creation. Why? St. Paul explained this. He said, for the creation was subjected to futility. So even the creation is subjected to futility. When God cursed the earth after the sin of Adam and Eve, when he said, cursed be the earth. So the creation also are subjected to futility. That's why we hear about volcanoes, earthquakes, hurricanes, tornadoes. You know, when God created the, the heaven and earth, he created them perfect. He saw everything is good. But because of the corruption that entered into the world because of the fall of Adam and Eve, that's why the creation was subjected to futility. Then he said, not willingly, definitely not willingly, because the creation did not sin against God. The creation did not rebel against God. So not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. But God, when he cursed the earth because of the sin of Adam, it was actually subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of God who subjected, but he added here in hope, subjected it in hope. In hope because what? Because there is also new heaven and new earth. This earth and this heaven that were subjected to futility will disappear completely. And then there is a new heaven and a new earth as we read in the book of Revelation. That's what St. Paul explained later. He said, because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. So the creation itself will be delivered from the bondage of corruption. The creation will not be corrupted anymore. This earth and this heaven will pass away. And there is a new heaven, a new earth. That's what St. Paul called it, the glorious liberty of the children of God. Liberty here, as we, we will be free from sin, from corruption, from death, 
sin has no authority over us, corruption has no authority over us, death has no authority over us. The same way, this liberty will be the liberty of the creation. And he called it the glorious liberty of the children of God. So St. Paul is saying, this glory is not only for us within the same earth and the same heaven, because if we'll be glorified within the, the same earth and the same heaven, we will be exposed to all the corruption of the earth. But this is not the glory of the eternal life. The glory of eternal life will be not only our glory, but the creation also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. St. Paul elaborated more about this point and said, For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. So every earthquake, every hurricane, every tornado, every volcano, these are the groaning and the labors of the creation. The creation groans and labors. And he said with birth pangs, like a woman in labor. Why he used birth pangs? Why he said with suffering? Because as I explained, birth pangs ends by joy. The joy of having a child in the world. That's why he said this pain, this suffering, this groaning that the creation is going through is like birth pangs. But the fact is the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. Until the revelation of the children of God. Then he switched from creation to us. And said, not only that, not only the creation groans, but also we will suffer. But we also, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, when we are baptized and anointed by the Mayroon, we have the Holy Spirit. This is like the first fruit, the first grace, the pledge of the Holy Spirit in us. Even we ourselves groan within ourselves. So, the creation groans. We also groan. The creation suffers because of the corruption. We also suffer because of this corruption. But we received the first fruit of the Spirit. We received the pledge of the Spirit. So, we have here, this pledge is the promise of the eternal glory. And as the creation eagerly waits for the revelation of the Son of God, in the same way, we ourselves groan within ourselves eagerly, waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. Here the comparison is beautiful. As the creation waits eagerly for the revelation of the sons of God, we also groan now and eagerly wait for the adoption. What, what does mean adoption? That we become truly, in every aspect, the children of God. When this will happen in the wedding, in the wedding of the Lamb of God, when we are united completely with the Lord Jesus Christ. 
So when we are united completely with the Lord Jesus Christ, then we become the children of God. Because He is the Son and we are His bride, then we are the children of God. That is the true adoption. There is verse in the letter of St. John that the children of God cannot sin. Cannot sin. But we sin until now. So he is speaking here about the full adoption. Yes, here we received the promise of adoption. But the full adoption will be when we are united eternally with the bridegroom. That's the adoption. Then he added a word, the redemption of our body. What does it mean the redemption of our body? This body, after we die, will actually turn into dust. But in the second coming of Christ, this body will rise again. But arise in the glorious form, like the glorious body of resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. So this body will be risen. And we say in the creed, we look for the resurrection of the dead. And we believe in the resurrection of the bodies. So this body will be risen in a glorious form. That's what St. Paul said, redemption of our body. We have this in hope. We were saved in this hope. When the Lord Jesus Christ died on the cross and saved us, and we believed in him, and we are baptized, anointed with the Mayroon, partaking of his body and his blood, repenting and confessing our sins, we are saved. In which hope? In the hope that we will be risen to this glory, the glory of the children of God. We were saved in this hope. But in general, what the word hope means? If I say, I hope to see you, that's not hope, because now I can see you. So the word hope is about what is unseen. For example, one month ago, if I say, I hope to see you, that's the word hope here is true. Because at that time, I did not see you. That's what St. Paul said. But hope that is seen is not hope. I cannot say, I hope to see you now. Hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. So, all of us, we don't see the glory, but we hope that we have this glory. Based on the true promises of the Lord Jesus Christ, based on the pledge of the first fruit of the Spirit that we received, based on the resurrection of Christ that many eyewitnesses have seen and his ascension into the heaven. We know this hope is a sure hope. This hope, we're confident that this hope is true and faithful. That's why we are eagerly waiting for this hope. Although we may suffer, but we eagerly wait for this hope with perseverance. Perseverance means we suffer for a long time. We accept to suffer for a long time. Long suffering, perseverance. What encourages us to persevere? This hope, the hope of eternal glory. 
but who are weak. That's why St. Paul added, likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. So when we are weak, the Holy Spirit that we received in baptism and chrismation, the Holy Spirit supports me, helps in our weaknesses. And all of us, we witnessed how the Holy Spirit helped these 21 months of Libya. And we saw how they were so courageous in accepting to be killed for the name of Christ. Who gave them this power? Who gave them this courage? Who gave them this strength to be like lions accepting to be killed for the name of Christ? It is the Holy Spirit. As St. Paul said, likewise the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. Here actually, St. Paul in Romans chapter 8 explained to us why we are willing to suffer for the name of Christ. As the Lord Jesus Christ told us in the Gospel of today that they will kill your body. But don't be afraid because after that they have no more that they can do. So what actually will help us when we are exposed to persecution? What will help us when we are exposed to suffering for the name of Christ? It is this hope in eternal glory. It is the Holy Spirit that helps our weakness. So let's be steadfast in our faith. Let's be steadfast when we suffer. Let's be steadfast and confess our faith boldly without fear or without being afraid of any suffering because the Holy Spirit will help us, confirm us in our faith and glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.